0: hi my name is thomas johnson and i'm the founder and ceo of get up and get fits wellness concierge i'm also a c-suite advisor and investor and you're listening to the how may i serve you podcast where i'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them how may i serve you today's show is sponsored by get up and get fit and get up and get fit will be providing students with textbooks at school supplies in Cambodia, and out of our guests today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least fifty thousand people per year. And today's guest is Nick Onelis. Nick, how you doing? Rick, how you doing? I'm saying Nick, Rick. Whoa, I'm to butcher your name. Rick Onelis, how you doing, champ? <laughs> I'm doing great,
1: Thomas. Uh, thank you for having me on. No worries there. Um, I've been called worse, so thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on. How may I serve you?
0: Awesome, awesome.
1: So, Rick Arnelis is an ultimate success
0: coach. All right, let me, let me repeat that one more time. He's an ultimate success coach, best selling author, and the founder of iSpark Change. He helps entrepreneurs flourish personally and professionally by eliminating the roadblocks and preventing their success. He empowers others through his community to spread positive change and elevate their social impact. Rick, that's amazing, right there. So, Rick, let's. I, I just want to ask you a few questions before we even dive into, you know, the frameworks. How did you come up with that name, iSpark Change?
1: Wow, that go, that goes kind of deep in the story, <laughs> but um, I spark Change was really born, um, like a lot of things for a lot of people, out of the pandemic time when okay. we were in the pandemic. I I had gone through a, a period of anxiety and and despair because my business had suffered and I was worried about what the future held. And I decided to refocus myself on gratitude and helping others and mm. and looking for ways that I could be of service. And so I started writing a book that had been in my head for 20 years. Mm. And in the time of writing, I went through this incredible, like spiritual and transformational journey myself. And I would have all sorts of visions and dreams and ideas, this, this flow of like, create, creative ideas okay uh, during the writing of my book and that's where the idea for i spark change was born because sparking change is is woven throughout my book 12 12 hours of heaven lessons for a better world Mm -hmm. and i knew that there was i needed to spark change to help people change to impact people in a a bigger way and didn't really know what that was going to look like and then that's that's when i had the idea for i spark change And, and where it comes from is is not only is it part of my book, but where the, um, you know, just getting to the fine detail of I spark change where that mm-hmm. comes from is because what I realized is, uh, for a long time, Thomas, I had felt that I couldn't make a difference cause I was just one person
2: mm-hmm. that, you know,
1: I'm too small. I'm just one individual. And how can my, I make a difference? And what I quickly realized during that time period was that all of us have the ability to spark change. We all can change the world and make it a better place just the individual the the one person and that's where the i came from because you know the i in all of us has the potential to spark change and um and improve the world yes
0: the i you know really provides that ownership right it signifies that ownership you know you mm-hmm. taking charge i i love that name i spark change so nick um let's dive into your story right um Tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, the too many version, how you got started, where are you from? You know, talk to us.
1: So I, I started as a, as a, the youngest of five with four older sisters. Oh <laughs> so wow! It was <laughs> growing up in, in Los Angeles, California, you know, disciplinary and father, um, big family uh, always, you know, always trying to find my place really. And, um, and I, I, I went through school very quickly and wanted to get out in the working world and just wanted to like start life, you know, when I was, when I was younger, I always wanted to get out there and start life and, and in everything I, I did, you know, whether it was sports or school or, you know, academics, I was always like trying to move on to the next thing and move on to the next thing and, and you know, shoot for something else. And, um, and I continued kind of with that, with that mentality, even after I got married young and, and started having kids um, young. And had three daughters of my own, um, which okay. uh, are now all grown and, and out of the house, you know, as of just a few months ago. And um, and I was always, um, but I knew that there was always something there about helping others, right? Okay. I, I worked in sales and training and management and, and worked for different startup companies and everything and helped grow some companies to big success but there was always something kind of lacking. Like I knew, and I, I really want to help others more. I really want to serve others more and, and do more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it wasn't until the pandemic, like I said, a few minutes ago, Thomas, that, that that's where things really changed because I, all of a sudden, you know, that freedom that we all had was taken away and, and the autonomy to, to do things and was, was gone. And, so I I couldn't work on some of the things I had been working on before I had to find new avenues and everything. And the, uh, that's where the writing of the the book came about. And, and as I said, a minute ago, the, the book was inspired by, you know, it was in my head for 20 years and it was inspired by a major car accident that I was in with my family where we should have all been killed and we weren't. Oh, wow. And And that sat in my head for 20 years because I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready. I had to go through life. I had to mature. I had to um, stop focusing on myself and and focus on others and look for ways to, you know, become a better person. And you know, that all I mean, I'm still a, a a work in progress, right? I'm still like everyone else, we're still working to be improve every day. Um, but all that really, really shifted in, in 2020 and, you know, for the past couple years on really growing, I spark change and, and helping to inspire others and, and motivate others and coach others to be better versions of themselves.
2: Today's episode is sponsored by get up and get fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress, increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T dot com. And schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle.
0: Rick, after the, the car accident, right,
1: is that what inspired you to dive into coaching? Not, yes. Uh, The answer, I guess, uh, Thomas is yes, but not Mm -hmm. immediately. Okay. So I I always, like I had been a coach, I've been a coach my whole life. Even when I was younger, right when I got out of, when I was in college, I went back and and coached, you know, sports in my high school and, and was, I had always been like a coach in sports and had always been a leader and in leadership roles. And, and even when I was in training roles where I was kind of coaching others in training. So I always had that aptitude. I always had that that um, desire to help others be better but i didn't really put it together to be a coach right Mm. and and in um in 2015 after i had helped grow a startup to 25 million in 18 months only to see it come crashing down oh wow to to nothing in in you know uh, in under two years that's when i said you know what i i've learned so much in my journey of you know working for corporate for 20 years and then building a couple of startups that I, I need to put this to use to help others. And that's when I first got into coaching exactly seven years ago. Okay. Um, but it was it really took a, a turn for the better in 2020, where it evolved to be a whole nother level of coaching and whole nother level of supporting others and and helping them be um you know be better and improve their businesses and and you know improve themselves. Yeah, I mean it definitely um you know, especially
0: with that experience, watching a company that was successful just crash after investing all of that time and effort, you know, that must have been a a, a very very
1: uh agonizing, you know, feeling.
0: Oh man, it was
1: it was Thomas. Geez, when I mean the the ride up was great, right? The ride yeah. up and, and building and you know, when I when I joined this this startup with these three partners. Um, and I became the fourth, there was 37 employees. And in that 18 months, we got up to 154 mm. employees and, and went from, you know, like just over 1 million to 25 and grew. And it was just, I mean, it was like, I felt like a rock star, you know, and in, in some ways just with everything we were doing and, and it was just going great. And then with everything, it was like a whirlwind where everything just kind of turned 180 degrees and, and, you know, we had to shut the business down. And I was like, what am I going to do next? And it was just, it was just crazy. Um, and at at the time it was tough to deal with, right. It was really challenging and really emotionally draining, but afterwards, you know, and, and really I've grown, um, you know, grew probably in that year afterwards more so than, than, you know, at many, at probably the previous five, you know, before that, just because yeah. all the things you learn, right? You realize exactly. that you don't realize what you learned until afterwards, right? Until afterwards, <laughs> well, you start putting them into, into, into use. Yes, yes,
0: indeed. I mean, when, when you um, reflect on your experiences, right, in retrospect, that's when those gems start to highlight themselves. <laughs> yep, 100%. So now, um, I know you work with six to seven um, figure earning companies, right?
1: How has that been for you thus far? It's been um, it's been a roller coaster for sure, um, because when I first started in December of 2015, I had a bunch of people contacting me because they wanted to hire me to go work for them. Because we, okay. we had we had so much success and it was a healthcare laboratory and we had had so much success. And so I was getting all these phone calls. And so I said, I don't want to work for anyone, but I'll be a consultant. And so mm. I immediately turned that into instant business. And I had some very high paying clients right off the bat. And I was like, wow, this entrepreneur thing is easy, right? This is, this is a cakewalk. And then, you know, after a few months, then I realized like, oh, man, who am I working with? It's a pain. This wasn't, you know, these aren't good clients. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're not. There's just so many challenges, right? There was just like challenge after challenge after challenge after challenge and more of stuff that I had dealt with in, in the previous company and I was like, oh man, this is like more right back to where I started, right? Right back to the same. And I had to fire a couple clients and go to, you know, from great revenue to zero.
2: Hmm. And
1: and then I struggled. I struggled for over a year. I struggled for over a year. I had to take a bunch of money out of retirement just to, you know, pay my bills and everything because I I was kind of lost and and didn't you know, was trying to kept going back to what I had known instead of like trying to evolve and grow, right. Kept trying mm-hmm. to live in the past and, and, you know, try to go back to you know old clients and all this stuff. And, and I struggled for a while, right. Like, you know, generating just very little revenue. And, and like I said, having to dig in retirement. And then I started getting a, a better idea of, you know, what, how I was really serving my clients, how I was benefiting them, the type of clients i wanted to work with the ones that wanted to work with me right i started getting clarity on you know the, the people i needed to serve and how i needed to serve them and then things started to improve you know for the better and then things were going great in in 2020 um, okay and then the pandemic hit the and then um, mm-hmm. a lot of clients said hey let's put our services on hold let's stop let's you know one client i was the acting coo for one client my biggest client and so i had to um from that position or you know technically be laid off from that position to help that business and and then mm. i ended up never going back there so it was like a bunch of changes but all of that was great growth for me as a coach because yeah. i evolved a ton i learned a ton and you know now the people i work with i have a, a great understanding of you know who can i help and how i can help them and you know they're getting phenomenal results and, um, and it's, you know, a win-win for, for both of us. So Rick, what key
0: lessons would you, um, would you say you've learned from experiencing adversity, right? You went through um, the pandemic, right? Where you just mentioned you, you was laid off and, and you had to find yourself once again, what key lessons can you um, reveal to us from that? You went through that, that you experienced that you would like to uh, share with us.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question, a great question, Thomas. And I'd say that you know the the biggest the biggest things I learned were were first off that um, I wasn't I wasn't uh, doing enough to grow, that I wasn't living up to my potential, that I was okay. just comfortable. I was mm. successful, right, by mm. society's definition of success, but in that level of comfortability. Right. Where you're, you know, you're successful, but you're comfortable, but like you can do so much more, Mm -hmm. you know, and you see it in sports all the time. You know, I mean, I I know, you know, you um, being involved in health and wellness and everything. This is something I'm sure you'll appreciate is you see athletes that they're just like they're good, but they really have the potential to be like phenomenal. They could be great, but they just kind of they don't put in the work or, you know, they just kind of go through and that's where I was stuck for for a lot of years. Right. Like I was having success, yeah. you know, even winning awards and things in, in the companies I was at. And but. But I had so much greater potential, right, to, to do so much more and impact so many more people, like you said at the beginning, you know, impact 50,000 people a year and and, you know, to impact so many more people. And so um, so realizing that I had gotten stagnant, that I wasn't, yeah. good, you know, that'd be the first one. Right. And, okay. and that's a tough thing to realize when you're kind of in the middle of it, when you're like, oh, yeah. things are good. Mm-hmm. Right? Things are and then you, you get slapped in the face by something like the pandemic. And then you're like, oh, shoot, like, oh, maybe I do need to grow. Right. So that'd be the first one. And then the second one um, that, you know, kind of dovetails on that one is to just be open to any experience and see it as growth. So at first I resisted that like at first I resisted that and I was like, oh, man, what's going on? You know, this this is change. And, and, you know, as human beings, we oftentimes resist change. Right. Because it's uncomfortable. And once I started embracing the uncomfortability of change, then you're like, oh, wow, this is great. You start growing, you start evolving, you start learning all these things and, you know, you start becoming better and improving. And it's like, whoa, I need more of that. You know, it's like use the health analogy. It's like working out right? At first, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sore. I can't even Uh lift my arm or whatever. But then you're like, oh, my, you know, my arm's getting bigger. Like, oh, I'm going to do more, right? Do more curls or whatever. So it was, it was that thing about realizing that, you know, I I can't grow without that uncomfortability. So I got to embrace that. And I got to, I have to, you know, learn to um, learn from every experience to appreciate learning from every experience, even if they're like, quote unquote, bad is that, you know, that I'm going to take something away from it and I'm going to grow. And that's where you know where I am now.
0: So Rick, would you say that, that your mindset changed right through going through going and experiencing all those like adversity your
1: mindset was the first thing that had to change before your um your lifestyle change? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, completely. A thousand percent. A thousand percent, Thomas. Because that's probably where I was stuck before is that mm-hmm. I had that mindset, like, oh, I'm good, right? I'm good, things are great. Um, you know. I'm successful financially. It's good. I'm on this path. Like, and so I had that, you know, a a mindset geared towards that, right. To that, that level of success, if you will. And with nothing's going to change unless until it changes, you know, in your mindset till it changes up here. And, and that's what I, that's what I had to change. And luckily I had, you know, was kind of pushed into it. And then I was open to the change. Like I said, I became open to it so yeah. I, I let it happen but um yeah but if you if you resist or or you don't you know get your mind right so to speak then <laughs> nothing else is is going to follow yeah you're crashing burn man that's what happens you know yeah. the folks the folks that are uh,
0: you know they don't allow the, the the resistance they don't allow the change if they continue to stay stagnant and resist 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 they're either going to stay complacent and and grade or they're just going to just, uh, you know, evaporate, I would say, you know, so there's Mm -hmm. no progress unless there is a little discomfort. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. You need need some discomfort, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. And I had to figure that out, you know, I had to figure that out and start. And now, now I embrace uncomfortability. I mean, I I, I genuinely do. I genuinely do because I know that something good's going to come on the other side. Yes, indeed. You know, and it was a tough time, you know, it was a long time to get there, but that's where I am now. Yeah, but
0: now you've transformed, right? You're, you're a whole different um, person right now, you know? Yeah. So um, let's talk Absolutely. about your coaching style, right? Because I, you know, I've worked with a lot of coaches, you know, I've interviewed tons of coaches. What is your coaching style? Like when you're when you working with the new clients, um, do you um, focus on a specific framework? Are you more of a nurturer?
1: I mean, what is your coaching style? Yeah, that that's a great question. I, I love this question because I um, one of my mentors helped me figure this out when I was first starting out in coaching. Okay, um, because I you know I, I come from a athletic background, and like I said, I have been a coach. I, I've been a CrossFit coach for eleven years as a, as a hobby and everything. And coaching in in sports and athletics, you know, you're there's. Uh, there's the cheerleaders, there's the nurturers, there's, you know, the people that the drill sergeants and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of learn the different, the different coaching styles. And what I tell people, I tell everyone that I coach, even before I coach them, when I'm kind of interviewing them to decide if I'm going to work, work with them is I tell them I'm going to be more like your personal trainer. I'm not going to be your bartender
2: mm-hmm. because a personal
1: trainer is going to push you to get uncomfortable It's going to help you grow, and is going to see things in you that you may not be able to see in yourself. Right, see that potential and and those abilities that you have that you probably can't see in yourself. Whereas a bartender is just going to fill your glass and smile and keep you happy, and they're not going to you know make you uncomfortable. They're just going to you know they're just going to keep you comfortable. (laughs) And there's no going to be no growth there, right? And and they're not. It's not going to be the best thing for you. And that's that's how one. That's the those are the two terms that one of my Uh, Mentors, you know how he termed it when I was first starting, and so that's what I share with everyone, and and that's what I consider my my coaching style is that I'm I'm going to um, help hold them accountable. You know, Mm -hmm. yes, will I will I support them one hundred percent? Will I push them a little bit? Completely, all every time I will push them. Will they get uncomfortable? Yes. Um, Will they grow? Yes, and they will grow, and. You know, I've I've had I've had clients tell me that you know they um, even starting out that sometimes it's like oh it's got to get used to you know starting out like I'm not mean or anything but but starting out when when you know there's someone telling you things that maybe you know are true but you don't Mm want to hear them you know and someone's telling you like oh well your your own limiting beliefs are holding you back and. You know, then you hear it, and you're like, "Oh, deep down, I know that's true, right?" It's your, when you're maybe you're blaming it on someone else, and and you realize it yourself. And sometimes that's tough to hear, you know, like the truth hurts, kind of thing. Yeah. And so people have told me, like, you know, at first, you know, like that uncomfortability can be tough, but then afterwards, that they love it because then they that's how they see that they're growing, they're evolving, they're they're being pushed, and they're getting better. And so you know, it's kind of a long answer for your question, you know, but. Um, but that's that's the type of coach that I am, Thomas. Okay, all right, All right. Your personal your personal trainer,
0: um, <laughs> like instead yeah. of a bartender, I like I like the analogy right there. So you're, you're able to push, you're able to guide, but you're not you're not just calling them, you're not just you know grooming them. I like. Yeah. that. Okay. Okay. So uh, now I want you to put yourself in the shoe of a potential prospect, right? So if you were looking for a coach, Rick what traits would you advise for this prospect to look for Ooh,
1: what, what traits would you look excellent for? excellent question and nobody's ever asked me that question i um i would say the strengths that i would look look for is someone that's gonna gonna push you someone mm-hmm. that's gonna that's going to push you someone that's gonna um that's going to see things in you that you can't see in yourself, right? So maybe see your blind spots, see things that that aren't, um, that you can't see in yourself. And um, the third thing I would say, which is huge in coaching, is that someone that's going to hold you accountable, that is going to hold you accountable and be there to support and guide you and, um, you know, nurture you if you need it. But I, I see all that as accountability, right? I yeah. see support, I see nurturing, I see guidance i see i see all that as, a, as accountability because um, without accountability you know so many people um they they just get lost they, mm-hmm. they get lost with regards to you know their journey their journey of being coached right and and they I, I don't know what the numbers are but like the you know the self-help industry is like trillions of dollars right because anyone can go read a book anyone can take a download a course
2: it's but then what do you
1: do with it, right? Uh-huh. Who, who applies yeah. that book or, or applies what they learned in the course? But if you have a coach guiding you through, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, now I'm getting traction. Now I'm doing the things that I, I learned that I read about and everything. And so it's a, you know, it's a much smaller percentage, the person that can just read the book, put all these, those things into action and off they go. Right. And, and, you know, most people, they need accountability in some type. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's like parenting essentially, right're We're, we're yeah. bred with it, you know, growing up that that we need accountability and teach it you know teachers and coaches and all that stuff throughout our lives. So um, you know I'd say that's that's the third and and you know might be the biggest one is uh, someone's gonna hold them accountable. So
0: so Rick, so now I'm going to um challenge you because I, I want to ask you this question how does a prospect find the first two Because you mentioned three different things right now right you could potentially find they need to find in a coach but a prospect that's looking for a coach how can they determine if that person is going to keep them accountable how they can it determine if that person is a good fit um what what key points um or assessment or research would you um say this prospect should be, should be doing it while they're trying to find this coach,
1: right? While they're in their discovery phase, their research phase. Yeah, that, that's a great question too, Thomas. I would say the, the things that they need to, to look for are when they're interviewing a coach is I, I would have a conversation with the, with that coach and in interview. That's kind of a two-way interview okay. where each person is learning about the other mm-hmm. and um, learning about the ways that that they're going to to work together, so I would I would just flat out ask about you know how are you going to hold me accountable? How are you going to hold me accountable? You know, just on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. Like, what are you gonna What are you going to do to to help me? You know, stay accountable to what we're learning, and then I would I would ask about um, about you know what areas are you going to, can you work with me? In so if someone has a certain area, so for example, someone says, Hey, I'm looking for a mindset coach. So yeah. for example, right. You know, they're not going to go to a financial coach if they're looking for a mindset coach, you know, then someone may refer like, Oh, my buddy's really great. He's a great coach, but he specializes in financing. And, you know, well, if you're looking for mindset, you know, I make sure that they're, they have some expertise in the area that, that you're, you're looking for. Um, and then, and I would just ask them questions about, you know, tell me how you've helped other clients. How have you helped other clients that are, you know, have been in similar situations to me? Or tell me about a client that you helped that was, you know, like me, and and yeah. what was their journey and how did you help them and what was the outcome and, and I'd look for I'd look for evidence of success. You know, testimonials are good, but you know, evidence of success on how they they've helped others um, because then the likelihood of them replicating that success with you, it goes up substantially because there's Mm -hmm. thousands or tens of, you know, hundreds of thousands of whatever coaches out there. I mean, you, every time you open up your social media, you're being bombarded (laughs) with ads for for coaches of different types. Right. And that industry has boomed, especially since COVID. And, um, but how do you know if someone is good, right? How do you know if they can, they can teach you and everyone, you know, can anyone can throw up an ad or a video and say, Oh, you know, I can get you to, you know, a $100,000 in, in two months and, you know, in your business. And, and, um, so the last thing I would look for is just, you know, some transparency and some honesty, yeah, you know, and some, some integrity and, and then just someone that you connect with, you know, that you connect with on those levels. Um, cause if, if you don't connect with a coach and I've had people that have become clients that have said, Oh yeah, I had a coach last year. And, you know, they coached me for eight months, and it, I didn't really get anything out of it. And wow. you know, I asked them, I'm like, "Well, what? Why did you join that coach?" Oh, they were they were referred by a friend, and so they just kind of went on. Oh, my friend, it worked for my friend, so it's going to work for me. And that mm-hmm. may or may not be the case, right? So that's why you got to interview, you got to ask questions, you got to dig a little deeper. Um, you know, it's like it's like a um, you know dating or a marriage. I mean, you're going to get intimate with this person. They're going to help you in a lot of ways. So. You want someone that you really connect with.
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah. You definitely hit the nail on, on the head right there. You hit all the points, you cross all the T's, dot all the I's. <laughs> the right. Definitely, definitely. So these are these are c- crucial questions that needs to be asked, especially when you when you're vetting, you know, a coach. And a lot of folks unfortunately get burned because they don't take the time to do their due diligence. They don't take the time to ask the right questions, you know. And part of the reason why I even have this podcast is not only to Allow coaches to share the story. That's that's one key aspect of the for this podcast, but it's to also provide a, a vetting system, right? Um, I get the chance to ask certain questions and and really see who's the real McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. So um Rick, now I'd like you to share with us, right? A time where you realize your framework to Help guide your client towards success.
1: Yeah, it's it's changed over the years. You know, over the seven years that I've coaching, because when I when I started um, working with a lot of healthcare entities and everything, I built what I called a, a pyramid of success, starting with people, and then processes and systems, and then marketing and, and financial acumen, and leading to success. And then as I've as I've grown and involved in the people that I work with and work with more entrepreneurs of various types and and at mm-hmm. different levels it's more focused on what I realized in even though I had that framework is that I cuz originally the title of my company was uh, was consulting strategic medical consulting and okay. as I changed it I realized wait a second I'm doing far more coaching than I am am consulting cuz I'm talking to them about their mindset and I'm talking to them about you know limiting beliefs and and their communication and so my framework has has adapted to now be about um, mindset. Always mindset first, because like you you uh, said earlier, Thomas. I mean, nothing's going to change without without addressing the mindset. So it's mindset first, and then from there um, we go to communication, because how they communicate with with others in their business or their team, or a lot of people I work with, they have teams, so that's going to have an effect on on um, you know on their, on their business. That's the fundamental, fundamental part. Um, And then what goals and habits are they, you know, what goals do they have and and how are they forming these goals and supporting these goals? And then what habits are, are they utilizing to accomplish these goals? And then I kind of bundle all that together um, in, uh, in leadership in really having impactful leadership because they have to do all those right if they're going to be an impactful leader, whether they're just themselves like a solopreneur or whether they have a team, they, they, they're they still leading regardless. And so, you know, that all bundles together, you know, and, um, to okay, be called so, you know, impactful so, so, leadership. So, Rick,
0: um, now I want you to share with us one or two clients. All right. Success story. All right. Because I love I love like I love I love stories. So I want you to just walk through one of your client's success story where you took them towards success, you know, where they, they utilized the, uh, you know, the, you know, your, your coaching, not only your coaching framework, but you were, you were able to take them towards success and they've been able to, um, share, you know, their experience with others because of, because of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for asking that because and it's it's interesting you ask that because just yesterday a client shared something and that's the story I'm going to share. Okay. so it's someone that I've been coaching for a little over a year, probably like 15. We started coaching in 2020 or excuse me, in uh, 2021, probably the latter part of 2021. So he's he's just over a year. He's like 15, 15 months or 16 months. And um, he has, he has a team that he leads, you know, of about eight people and, and he, you know, he works for an organization where he's got, you know, people above him, below him and everything. And, you know, I've coached him throughout the year on the different areas I I discussed, right. His own mindset, his communication with his team, how he's leading his team, um, how he's hitting these goals and, and habits and everything that he had that he has. And just yesterday, we had our, our last call of the year just yesterday. And he told me, he said, Rick, I have to thank you because this has been the best year. My, my best year ever. Well, wow. you know, not, not just professionally, but personally, he's in, you know, uh, a really great place um, with, as a person, he's in a really great place in his, in his role in his business and with his team and um, and one thing he shared and he he's so super excited about 2022, but one thing he shared was that, you know, I have my clients write at the end of every year. I, I have them write, um, a, a vision, uh, right, An annual vision. And it, it's a little different from like a vision board, for example, an annual vision is, is predicting your future in advance. So, I'm completing mine right now, you know, in the last couple of weeks of the year. So what what I have them do is I have them write a letter to themselves or to, you know, to um, their team or or to their significant other. um, Who it goes to is not important. I mean, it's basically for yourself, but you can write it to someone else. But you're writing it and you're dating it at the end of the coming year. So right now, the ones, the one that I'm writing for myself is dated December 31st, 2023. And you're writing it in the past tense as if everything you're writing has already happened. That's powerful right there. It's very powerful. And I've done it since one of my mentor, a man who would be, who became one of my mentors, and he's still one of my mentor to this day. Um, he taught it to me in 2011. And I've used this, this annual vision every year since then. And it I've become it's become more and more powerful every year and i become more and more accurate. And what you do is you predict your own future, Thomas. Mm. So I break mine down into categories. So I break mine down into relationships, spiritual, business, finances, travel, fun, uh, my kids. Like I break it up into all these different categories and I will predict my future in those categories. You know, for example like the travel one's an easy one to share. So, Hey, this year we took some phenomenal trips in January, we went here and we did this, but now I don't know if those trips are going to happen, but it's up to me to make them happen. Right. And that's a category that I am like spot on because whatever I put on there, I go and make it happen. Mm. And other than COVID where we had to like shift some travel, you know, like we we didn't go to Europe, like I planned and whatever, like it's always spot on. And, um, And then the other categories too, right? Some, some are more accurate than others and some, you know, little things happen along the way and you gotta, you gotta tweak them. But what, what my client said specifically, just to wrap this up, is that he said that writing that he was so accurate and he had never done that. And it was so powerful and helped him hit so many goals that he never thought he would hit. And, um, and that he's just was so grateful for, you know, for going through that and learning. And then we did, we have other things for like weekly tracking and all that stuff for goals, but yeah. but just going through that and, and following that, that was just such an incredible thing for him to, uh you know, to expand his success.
0: Yeah. Like I said, that's, that's definitely powerful right there because he you literally you're manifesting your future. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you have a framework to follow, you know, and that's a, most folks don't don't even know what what they're going to eat the next day or what they're going to do the next day <laughs> right yes. and you are basically laying out your future activities your task your your goals in all aspects like you mentioned, um travel relationship family work that's amazing right there i do something similar but not to that extent you know you yeah. you you actually write a letter to yourself that's a that's pretty good i might have to because your brain doesn't past know sense. your brain doesn't yeah. know
1: thomas the difference right Research shows the brain doesn't know the difference between an imagined imagined event and a real event. So that's, true. that's why you embody it as if it's already happened and that makes it happen. I like that, man.
0: Thanks for sharing that. <laughs>
1: yeah, my pleasure.
0: So um, now I want you to um, share with us. Do you have any projects, any new projects that's, that you're working on right now that uh, you might share with us? Any new books, Yeah, absolutely. New I, I, actually, I
1: do. Um, so just next month in in january of uh, the new year we are launching um, the level up membership so in the in the past in tw- earlier in 2021 i did a, a five-day challenge and a three-day challenge called level up your life where we okay. enrolled some people to help them you know improve their life in just a short period of time in, in different areas right their life their business and, and level up right well we had great success there but people wanted some ongoing support. So, and, and not everybody, not everybody just, you know, to be completely honest is ready for one-on-one coaching, or, you know, maybe it's, there's financial limitations or things like that. So I'm launching a, a level up membership, which is a, a monthly membership where we're going to have two group calls per month, you know, by, bi-weekly two group calls per month. And there's also a private Facebook group for the, for the members and a, a group chat where there we can support one another. And it's, you know, the, the, the saying is you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Right. And, and, you know, if you don't have a supportive environment at home or, you know, in, in the, the friends you have, then you got to find other places. And I've part, I'm part of some other masterminds where we, I have you know great support. And so I want to create a container for, you know, for, for people to have that kind of, uh, that kind of support. So, Launching that in May, um, I'm keeping it small for the the initial launch of only 25 people. We got about half that right now. Uh, okay, that have signed up. So it's you know very low cost. It's 49 dollars a month, so super inexpensive. And for two coaching calls with myself, and I have a co-coach who who's a international best-selling selling author, gratitude and mindset expert. Um, uh, Julie Bluen is her name. And so you're going to have two coaches coaching in, you know, group format with Q&A and, 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 you know, teaching things like this annual vision um, to help people level up. So, Rick, where can people go to um, find that information? So for that information, um, anywhere, if they go to iSparkChange.com, they'll find everything. But um, specifically that website is LevelUpChallenge.net. If anyone okay. goes to levelupchallenge.net, they'll find the direct information on there. See, I mean, there's a ton of of things that I didn't even mention that people are going to receive by being you know, members. Um, and like I said, really low cost, and it's going to be a cool place for people to you know to get support and coaching. Got you. And where can people go to connect with you? Um, isparkchange.com is the best place. The letter I sparkchange.com or okay. Isparkchange on any platform. Our our Instagram is the most active. We provide daily inspiration and motivation on, on iSpark Change um, on Instagram. Um, also, we have a Facebook group, TikTok, LinkedIn, I mean, Twitter, you name it, YouTube channel, you name it. We Everywhere. have uh, <laughs> all, all over the place. But the Instagram is the one where we have the, the, um, the biggest community. Gotcha. Yeah. And gotcha. the podcast, and the podcast, iSpark Change podcast uh, as well. All right, that's
0: awesome, right there. So, Rick, thank you for coming on today's episode of How May I Serve You. You were awesome. You dropped a lot of gems, and I highly appreciate everything you shared with us. And I also like to thank all of our listeners and viewers for lending us their ears and their eyeballs.
1: And last but not least, Rick, how may I serve you? Oh, thank you for asking, Thomas. This has been this has been a blessing and a pleasure. So uh, you've served me well by having me on your show. Thank you very much. Um, I would just say. The, the best way you could serve me is just to to pay it forward, to pass it on, to, you know, provide what we call on, in I Spark Change, we call a spark moment, you know, provide that ripple effect where your actions help someone else and, you know, improve their lives. And, and that's that's all I would ask is that you just do that for someone else. And I shall. I shall. <laughs> Again, this is your
0: host, Thomas Johnson. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share it with someone else that will benefit and make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode. Take care. Be blessed. We're out. Cheers.